Hello, everybody. This is Talking Sports with Evan. I am Evan Wattalis, and your host. And I want to thank you all for listening or watching uh, the the show here tonight, or whenever you do watch it. This is Talking Sports with Evan, and there is lots to talk about, lots to discuss, lots to go over, lots of news happening since I brought to you a sh- brought you a show last. The last show I had was. The MLB Draft uh, Preview Edition with Dan Zinlinski, which a big thank you for Dan for spending some time with me. Uh, be a, almost two weeks ago now. Uh, didn't do a show last week for reasons I won't get into, but I am here this week. And uh, like I said, there is lots to go over here today. Um, the big WWE news breaking. Uh, Going to give my thoughts on that. If you're not a big WWE person, I apologize ahead of time, but I uh, figure it is news worth um, discussing. Um, it is news definitely worth talking about with the the changes in the leadership and the possible direction of WWE. And what does it mean? What does the changes in WWE mean moving forward for the product? For the for the, the show and what does it mean for sports entertainment, WWE or uh, AEW and the other promotions out there? So what what does that mean? So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about that and my thoughts on the whole situation involving Vince Vince McMahon and now Stephanie and Triple H or whatever. Lot lots of lots about the Milwaukee Brewers to discuss. Um, the trade deadline is coming up. The, the Brewers came up have come out of the all-star break um pretty red hot they're playing very good baseball they're down one to nothing uh, as of right now um but playing pretty good baseball at this particular junction coming out of the break winning three in a row and looking to win their fourth in a row since the all-star break but the the Brewers need to make some uh, improvements. They need to make some uh, changes and improvements to their team. I want to talk about my thoughts on where they need to look at that. Um, there's definitely things they need to do in order to uh, try to make a big push for the the World Series and make the playoffs and try to compete for the World Series because ultimately that is your goal when you are playing baseball or basketball. You want to win championships, football, whatever the sport is, you want to win championships. The other thing I'm going to talk about is Packers. Um, pup list comes out, P-U-P, Pup, whatever you call it. And I'm going to give my thoughts on that and my thoughts on one of the names added to the Pup list right now. And then I'm going to go around the NFL and talk about the big questions each team has as training camp is getting underway and they had a big soccer match at Lambeau Field. I'm going to give my thoughts on why I think we should see more of that because I think it's great for the state of Wisconsin. It's great for the city of Green Bay. And I think it's great for the sport of soccer to um, play in a historic stadium like Lambeau Field. So with that said, Milwaukee Brewers first. And the Brewers 3-0. and trying to get a four-game sweep, a very odd four-game series where they start on Friday and end the series on Monday. Uh, lots have happened. Lots has happened in baseball since I 
did my last show. Josh Hader uh, looked like he was completely imploding going into the All-Star break, giving up a walk-off Grand Slam against the San Francisco Giants. I think that was probably rock bottom. And I know there's been lots of uh, clamoring for needing to see Devin Williams moved into that closing role. And I don't agree with that. Um, I think that's where I'm going to start. Josh Hader has been a reliever of the year, what, three, two of the last three years or something like that. I know Devin Williams, I think, got it once. Uh, Hader's gotten it two, two other times. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't agree with, um, I don't agree with taking Hader out of the closing role. I, I think you keep Hader there. I think Hader's shown the track record um, that he deserves every opportunity to try to pitch his way out of whatever is going on. And on social and with a couple of my friends, I was a little adamant that maybe it's time not to put Hader in these high leverage situations at the uh, walk-off Grand Slam game. And yes, I said that. I made that comment that maybe you know you don't you move away from Hader moving forward as the uh, closer. But and the reason I made was is people don't come back typically from what happened to Josh Hader giving up a walk off Grand Slam when you have <clears throat> what a four a three four run lead whatever it was. Um, you give up three home runs in one inning including that walk-off Grand Slam, people don't typically come back from that. But I think Hader is mentally strong enough that I think Josh Hader can definitely come back from what happened in San Francisco. And he's so currently uh, been in two games since. And his first game uh, would have been, which was Friday of this Colorado series, through a scoreless ninth inning to send it into extra innings, looking dominant like his usual self. Got, got into a little bit of trouble yesterday, giving up a run, including a, a double or no, a triple off the center field wall. The problem is, and it's easy to you know start freaking out, oh my God, here we come, go again, Josh Hader's giving it up. But the thing is, is the center fielder plays that ball better Hater likely doesn't give up a run. That that was a poor play from the center fielder. And I think you just you give Hater every opportunity in this high leverage situation to see if he can come out of it. And if he doesn't, then you then you can go uh, Devin Williams in that in that closing role and figure out a different role for Josh Hater. Maybe you go back to your 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 you, you know what you maybe you go back to what you use Josh Hader with uh, when he first brought him up to the big leagues where he was basically you put him in any situation to get out of situation. So that that's kind of where I'm looking at with Hader. And I think you give him every opportunity he can to get out of it. Now, moving on to the trade deadline coming up and what the Brewers need to do to improve themselves, to give them a, themselves a better possibility of making the playoffs and making a run into the playoffs. There's a few things I think they need to do. Number one is they got to get better in center field. And Tyrone Taylor has played some good baseball. He's shown flashes, um, but he's not that he, he he's, he's playable in center field, but he's not the, he, he's not what Lorenzo King gave you defensively in center field. And really nobody is. 
and his bat and consistent. I know he had a pitch hit, pinch hit home run last yesterday afternoon, but Tyrone Taylor's bat is extremely inconsistent. He's very streaky, and he's shown to me that he can't handle the full-time center field job. And Johnny uh, uh, Davis, the um, the the other center fielder they have, he is an easily replaceable player. Um, his defense is better than T- Tyrone, but it's not great. He's made some nice plays in center field, but I think you can do much better than him, and I think you really need to look at trying to improve that position. Um, the other area I think they need to look at is middle relief. Uh, Gustave, I'm sorry, is not a good pitcher. He, he's just not. He, he's not someone you want in high leverage situations. You just don't. He he, uh, he did well in one of the innings yesterday, getting out of the jam uh, that I want to say Eric Lauer got in. But then he put him back out in the sixth inning, and he 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 he's horrible. I don't want to see Gustave in any situation, <clears throat> typically where there's going to be high leverage situations. In extra innings on <clears throat> Friday, <clears throat> he uh, gave gave the you know gave the Rockies a three run lead. If it wasn't for Hunter Renfro hitting a home run to tie it up to put it extended further into extras uh the brewers would have lost friday because of gustave i don't trust him and i don't trust got i think got his two up and down too inconsistent as well brent Suter, we all know what brent Suter is he's a guy that can eat an inning or two for you but he's not someone you want to put into a situation um he did great friday got two innings of no runs allowed and allow the Brewers to win that game with a walk-off by Luis Urias. You know, we saw that happen. But I think, you know, he's not a guy you're going to trust in typically a lot in those types of situations. I know the injuries to the starting rotation has really dampered what the Brewers wanted to do. I know the Brewers' plan was Ashby was going to kind of be that middle relief guy. Uh, six starter middle relief. He's the guy that they're going to kind of put in when he wasn't uh, starting to bridge that gap between the starter and your Boxberger Williams hater. They're going to they're going to depend on using him in that in that role a lot. But it started with Freddie Peralta's shoulder injury and then Woody's ankle injury and, per, and then uh, the issue that he had um, coming back from that with the gripping the baseball. I forget the name of it. That really put a wrench in what the Brewers wanted to do with their bullpen. But with that said, I they need to do better in regards to having guys that can, you know, make things happen, make plays happen, get out of tough situations, because they don't really have anybody <clears throat> that I really trust at this particular moment. Um and like I said, they gotta they gotta do better. Um and you you got to try to find an arm or two. So when you got your your Corbin, your Woody going six or seven innings, <clears throat> sometimes eight. But when you don't have those guys starting, you're going to probably go five or six innings with your starter. You need somebody in there to bridge the gap. 
to get the box burger and you need people to use so you're not using box burger all the time. And I know, like we saw Saturday, you can avoid that with the when you uh, when you're blowing teams out like that, you can give your your high leverage guys a break. Um, I think that after Friday's game, the the way the Brewers just dominated Saturday was was needed. It gave them to give everybody. Um, it gave them a chance to give your high leverage guys a break, uh, so you wouldn't have to worry about using them. <clears throat> um, but I think they got to get more depe- uh, dependability in that bullpen, and then, you know maybe it's a guy down in Nashville that they bring up that ends up uh, t- taking over that middle relief role. I know they have Ethan Small back on the big league roster, likely starting the game tomorrow against the Twins. But I don't know if you're quite ready to really count on or feel like you can depend on Ethan Small to put him in that role. And I know Freddie Peralta is close to coming back. Um, I think um, Adrian Hauser should be close. So those are also guys in the stretch run or in the playoffs you can use in that bullpen too. Because, you know, realistically, when you get to the playoffs, you're going to have your starters and – you know, you're going to have Woody and Corbin Burns and I think Eric Lauer's earned um, a rotational spot in the playoffs. And then you got Peralta and you have uh, Hauser and Ashby to figure out who's going to be that other starter. And everybody else can pitch out of the bullpen and you can piggyback off guys. Um, but I think bullpen help is def- definitely needed. And I think they need a third base help. I... I like Luis Urias. I do. But at that same time, I'm not a big Luis Urias fan as he. So last year looked like he was going to um, really break out. And he did. He, He had a rough start. But when they got Escobar and they got Willie Adamas in, he really took off at that everyday third base spot. And I think he kind of messed up some of the plans that the Brewers had. But I I I don't trust Urias this season with the bat in his hand. I really don't. And I know he was the hero Friday night, but nine times out of ten, he's not. And I think that is going to be important. And I don't think the Brewers need to make sexy moves. I, I heard J- Josh Bell name thrown around as somebody that the Brewers are highly interested in. Um, and they're one of like five teams talking about uh, Bell with the Nationals, along with the Mets and the Astros, I think were the other two teams. I get that. I understand that. But I, I, I think that would be a huge help if you do get Josh Bell. And it'll be up to Craig uh, Council to figure out how to make it work with you know, Roddy Telaz, but I think Bell's an upgrade over Telaz, and I like Roddy Telaz. But again, if you can improve the position, improve the position. And I wouldn't be opposed to that. But I think that's one area they have to improve, though, is third base, center field, middle relief, areas they got to do better. And I hope to see them at least make a move or two to improve those areas. The Brewers' offense is really hitting heating up right now. They're starting to hit the baseball well. They're starting to score some runs. I know they haven't scored a run yet tonight, and I don't know if they even have a hit yet, to be perfectly honest. I think they just had their first base runner of the night. 
Um, but the offense is starting to come around. They just need more consistency with the offense. And I think the pitching is going to get better as they get healthy. The pitching is going to get better and you can start putting guys in situations to play to their strengths rather than forcing a guy like um, Jason Alexander to have to start. So that's my Brewer take. And I think the Brewers are fine. They're right around where they've been the last couple of years at the all-star break. Got, they came out, they've come out hot. Cardinals have struggled losing two or three to um, the Reds. And now they're heading to Toronto without two of their best offensive weapons and Goldschmidt and Arenado due to Canada's rules regarding the COVID vaccine. So now they can't make that trip. So if the Brewers can win the night, win tomorrow, win uh, Wednesday against uh, against uh, Minnesota, or at least take one of those two against Minnesota, they have a chance to build that lead up right now. Two and a half game lead could be three after tonight. Um, and then just tr- keep trying to build that lead up to, to bridge that gap a little more with the Cardinals. And the more games you build, the more games you can build that lead against the Cardinals, the better, because we all know that the Cardinals tend to get hot around September. And the Brewers last year struggled in September, and thankfully they had a big enough lead as the Cardinals got red hot that the Cardinals couldn't catch them for the division. So that definitely, uh, you know, definitely was a good thing. So moving on, Green Bay training camp has started, and the pup list has come out. And so I'm going to quickly go over who's on the pup list, and then I'm going to give my opinion on the pup list. So you got, according to the league trans trans uh, action report, um, Christian Watson, Robert Tanyan, uh, Elton Jenkins, Mason Crosby, Dean Lowry, Kylan Hill, uh, defensive lineman that I haven't really heard anything about before, and outside linebacker Randy Ramsey, who's also coming back from a torn ACL, like uh, Taylor, uh, like uh, Jenkins, and like uh, Tanyan. And initially, Bakhtiari was an on the PUP list, pup list uh, initially, but he was added Saturday to that pup list. And my my first thought on the pup list was this. On January 25th, the pup list does not matter. It doesn't matter. There's no reason to get overly excited or worked up or upset over the pup list at this point there's no reason to because it doesn't matter because at this point the guys can be put on i mean the guys can be taken off the pup list at any time it becomes a problem when we get further in the training camp and these guys are still on there i expect guys like tanyan and jenkins and kaylin hill and randy ramsey i expect those guys to be on that list for a while, but at the end of the day, I'm not overly worried. Now, I do have some concern when it comes to David Bakhtiari being on the list, being that he he had his uh, you know he he had his ACL tear back in December of 20, uh, 2020, and now we're at Jan uh, July of twenty twenty two, and he's still not to the point yet that. He uh, he has to you know be um, away from the rehab group, and then my understanding, I guess he might have had a setback. 
Um, but I, I'm concerned, but I'm not worried yet. I think a few, a week or so from now, and if there, there's no positive progress with Bakhtiari, then I'm going to be worried. But right now, I'm not overly concerned with Bakhtiari on the pup list. But I do, I am wor- I do have some concern. I do have some worry um, about that. So quickly, with training camp starting around the league, I have my top questions for each team, and I want to know your questions. And you can always tweet at me at Evan Witt Sports. But starting with Buffalo, new offensive coordinator in Buffalo. Thing to watch. Is there going to be a drop-off offensively with a new offensive coordinator? Because their offensive coordinator is now the head football coach of the Giants, and Ken Dorsey is now the offensive coordinator. Is there going to be a drop-off? That's the big question in Buffalo to me. Is there going to be a drop-off in offense? Um, A new voice there. Kansas City, they lost Tyreek Hill. That was Patrick Mahomes' security blanket along with uh, Travis Kelsey. Those two were his security blanket. At the end of the day, where am I going? I'm looking for one of those two. And now Hill's gone. And you have Juju Schuster. You have MVS. And, you know, you have guys that he doesn't have a lot of chemistry with right now. So who's going to step up in the Chiefs' wide receiver room to replace the production that you got from Tyreek Hill. Green Bay, I think it's simple. Who's going to catch passes for number 12? Devontae Adams in Las Vegas now. Who will who's going to catch passes for number 12? Is it going to, you know, obviously Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, they're going to get their their looks and their touches. James uh Aaron Jones, uh HJ Dillon, they're going to probably get used in the passing game a lot more. But you got three rookie wide receivers that you drafted. You got Danny Davis, who's a undrafted rookie. You got a couple guys from last year, Winfrey and Taylor. Which one of those guys are going to step up and take the um, take the get the confidence from uh, number twelve from Aaron Rodgers? So Aaron Rodgers is going to go their way because one of the rookies to me, because I don't I don't think Taylor uh, Amari Rodgers I forgot about too. I don't think Malik Taylor's on this team at the end of the training camp. I don't think Winfrey's on this team at the end of training camp. I think the wide receiver room is going to look like your Lazard, your Cobb, your Sammy Watkins, your Amari Rodgers, and then probably two other wide receivers, Christian Watson, and probably Dobbs. And then the other guy from Nebraska has a chance to probably make it if they decide to keep seven. Will they? Probably not. So who's going to step up? Who's going to step up and take catches uh, and catch the football from number 12? Because they don't really know. They don't really have. um, They have a lot of questions at that position. The Rams, who's going to replace Von Miller? That's my question. Von Miller's in Buffalo now. Aaron Donald was helped big time having a guy like Von Miller help with that pass rush, but now Von Miller's gone. So who's gonna who's gonna replace him? I think the Los Angeles Chargers, I think it should be the same question every year. Can they stay healthy? They seem to always be hurt each and every year. Every year they seem to be hurt. So who is can they stay healthy finally? Cincinnati, 
is the offensive line better? I know they made moves on the offensive line. Left guard, they still have a question. Or either left or right guard, they still have a question. But you have a, a few new faces on the offensive line. So that could definitely uh, take some time for those guys to get comfortable playing alongside one another. Um, Ravens, can they stay healthy this year? Last year, they had a lot of injuries. Tampa Bay, interior pass protection. Uh, one of their guards retired. And when you have a quarterback like Tom Brady who needs protection, especially up that middle, that interior pass protection, guards in the center, is going to be extremely important for Tampa Bay. In Indianapolis, is Matt Ryan going to be an upgrade from Carson, Carson Wentz? I know Matt Ryan has a league MVP. I, I get that. I know that. But... Matt Ryan has not looked that great the past couple years. And is he going to find the fountain of youth and become a really good quarterback again? The Browns, who plays quarterback in week one? Deshaun Watson rightfully is likely going to be suspended. Um, the question is how many games? I don't know. But who's going to be the start week one quarterback? Is it is it going to be Watson? More than likely not. Or is it going to be Jacoby Brissett? Or is it going to be somebody else? San Francisco, is Trey Lance ready? Is Trey Lance ready to be the starting quarterback? Denver, the new coaching staff, are they in over their head? They, they have the, the pieces and the tools to compete for a Super Bowl. That defense is very good. You got a quarterback finally after a number of years with Russell Wilson. Good running game, strong receivers, but is the coaching staff in over their head? That's going to be the question. You have a team ready to win now in a very tough division, probably the toughest division in all football, but are they going to be ready to win? Uh, New England, who the hell is running the offense in New England? Josh McDaniels left. He's the head coach out in Las Vegas now. They never filled the offensive coordinator spot. You had um, Patricia running the offense a little bit in New England uh, during the offseason. Judge working with the offense a little bit. The problem is Judge is a career special teams guy and Patricia is a career defensive guy. So who's going to be running the offense in New England? That's what I want to know. That's what I would like to know. Pittsburgh's going to be quarterback play. For the first time in a very long time, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is not going to be your starting quarterback. Uh, you got Mitch Trubisky and you got Kenny Pickett. Who's going to be your quarterback? And is are they going to be effective? In in Philadelphia, we get to find out. You know, they, they trade for A.J. Brown. They have a pretty decent offensive line. They've put pieces and weapons on this offense to help him. But the question is, is Jalen Hurts truly the answer? And in New Orleans, is Dennis Allen going to be better in a second go around? The Titans wide receiver room, uh, I, they, they let A.J. Brown go. They let Julio Jones go. Who's going who's gonna to catch passes from Ryan Tannehill? That's going to be their biggest question. Um, the Raiders is Josh McDaniels going to be better in a second go around the Raiders. The offensive line isn't great. I get that, 
but you got a decent, you got a pretty good quarterback in Carr. You got a good, good wide receiver room with Renfro and Adams. You got a good tight end in Waller. You got a strong running game. And you got a pretty good pass rush. Josh McDaniels has the pieces to be effective as the head coach. The question is, is he going to be better this go around? The Vikings, do they make the right choice for their head coach? That's my million dollar question there. The Cowboys is offensive line play. They they've uh they lost a few pieces from last year in the offensive line. They have a few pieces uh that retooling that a little bit. I know the pass rush is also a question. In New York Jets, is Zach Wilson an NFL quarterback? They they spent the offseason upgrading pieces around him to put him in position to be effective. The Jets run an offense. It's a very quarterback friendly offense. The question is, is Zach Wilson an NFL caliber quarterback? That that's the that's the elephant in the room. That's the million dollar question to me. Tua, Miami, is Tua the guy? Tua the guy. They got Tyree Kill now. They got a, a decent offense, uh some good pieces around Tua, but it's Tua that guy. Um, Arizona is Kyler Murray going to live up to that contract that he just signed? Ridiculous contract. Um, that's way too much money, in my opinion, for Kyler Murray. And also, what's the wide receiver room going to look like with uh DeAndre Hopkins suspended the first six weeks? Uh, they know they got Hollywood Brown, but and then uh, Seattle, who plays quarterback? Um, I, I don't know if anyone's familiar with um, South Park. But there was a South Park episode when they were trying to, I think, rename the school. And it was a turd and something. I forget exactly what it was. But that's kind of the, I think it was a douche and a turd sandwich is what they were trying to vote on. And I think in this situation, that's kind of what you got in Seattle with their quarterback situation. You got Drew Locke and you got Geno Smith. You got bad quarterback and a bad quarterback. Which bad quarterback is going to be playing quarterback poorly for your team in 2022? That's their question. <clears throat> Maybe you're just better off bringing in a, trying to, you know, trade within your division for Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. Um, Washington is going to be quarterback play. Um, quarterback play is going to be important to them. Uh, this is Carson Wentz. is probably last shot. Washington has a strong team. Good defense that underachieved severely last year. Uh, they have McLaurin at wide receiver. Offensive line solid. But the quarterback play. Carson Wentz crapped the bed towards the end of the season in Indy when they, all they had to do was beat Jacksonville to make the playoffs, and Carson Wentz couldn't get it done. So this is truly Carson Wentz's last shot to be a starting quarterback in this league, in my opinion. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence going to do better with their new coach? That's their question. Houston, where do I start? Quarterback play, they got to figure out if uh, if Mills is their guy. Lovey Smith, their head coach, that was weird. Um, but the Texans just have way too many questions to answer at this point. Detroit, quarterback play. Jared Goff, he's a he's a quarterback that has played in the Super Bowl, but he's not a guy that's going to win you the Super Bowl. And we saw that 
That's why the Rams went and got Stafford because they knew Jared Goff was not going to be the guy that was going to win them the Super Bowl. He's not that guy, and Detroit's got to figure out. They have a, a strong – there's a very strong draft uh, at quarterbacks in 2023. They got to figure out, is Jared Goff going to be their answer, or do they work on bringing in somebody new in 2023? Giants, stop me if you heard this one before, a quarterback play. Daniel Jones, is Daniel Jones uh, finally going to step up and show that he belongs to play in the NFL? Um, the uh, the head, new head coach, uh, Dar- Darbo, did wonders with Josh Allen in Buffalo, put Allen in position to be successful, but obviously, you know, same similar body type, but obviously Daniel Jones is not at all Josh Allen, but can Darbo figure out um, how to how to make that work with him? Health, Shaquan Barkley has not been healthy the past couple of years. With uh, with Barkley, like I said, he hasn't really been healthy the last couple of years, uh, battling a lot of injuries. So the question is, is um, he going to be healthy finally? Chicago, a lot of issues there. Offense, quarterback play, um, wide uh, wide receiver play, offensive line play. They have a lot of an- questions there too. Panthers can uh, CM3 can McCaffrey stay healthy? McCaffrey's not been healthy in a couple years now. And Atlanta, their overall roster, their overall wa- roster is not good. And can they? Uh, who like who's going to play quarterback? I don't know. Who's going to catch the football? Drake London, uh, who's a rookie, and Pitts, who's in his second year. Outside of those two, I don't know. So that's my. Question for every team around the NFL going into training camp. And finally, the the wrestling world was shocked. Eh, maybe shocked's not the right word because I think we all saw it coming with the latest issues um, that was happening with Vince McMahon paying money to have people be quiet and not talk about their, you know, you know, his sexual life. Uh, you know, his pain, pain, uh, people off, um, for sexual favors and whatnot. So I think we all knew that Vince McMahon was probably not going to get out of this, but on Friday, Vince McMahon retired. He decides to retire from WWE. Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan are the new CEOs, co-CEOs. And then today, Triple H was named the head of creative. And my question, you know, first of all, so Vince McMahon, obviously a disgusting person based off what he got in trouble for. Disgusting person. But it, with that said, for those that are wrestling fans, those that enjoy the WWE, WCW went was on, AEW now, for those of you that like to enjoy wrestling and sports entertainment, without Vince McMahon, you don't have what you have today. Um, when he when he uh, decided to go national and global, you had territories. And who knows where wrestling would be today if it didn't expand the way it did. So the wrestling world, world for being where it is now, oh, Vince McMahon a lot. But at the end of the day, though, 
Mitch McMahon used his position of power to take advantage of talent and other people that work for him. And it ended up being his downfall. And now the question is, where does WWE go from here? And my, my, my advice to you all is be patient. WWE is not going to change overnight. WWE, you know, Triple H is now the head of creative. They have a big, big one of their big pay-per-views in SummerSlam coming up on Saturday. Too late to really make a lot of changes. You might see some little tweaks here and there leading up to uh, SummerSlam. But overall, don't expect anything major to happen until after SummerSlam, probably closer to the Survivor Series, where they can finish up certain storylines, ha- uh, have conclusions to certain storylines, and then start anew, I feel. And I, I hope that they, the, 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 the superstars get a chance to show their creativity because they have a lot of talented people in the back. You know, the Attitude Era worked so well. You know, the, the wrestling piece, the inside the ring piece, that, 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 I think that, I think that talent is better now. But back then, they had a lot more creative freedom to do basically what they wanted and when they wanted kind of thing. Um, I hope these guys get that freedom because right now with, uh, everything was micromanaged. I think that hurt the product and we'll see if they get some more freedom. So with that, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying tuned as to Talking Sports with Evan and I will get back at you all later this week or next week to bring you the next episode of Talking Sports with Evan.